Welcome to the Balanced Black Girl Podcast. We're putting black girl magic in motion. This show is dedicated to reinventing wellness for women of color. I'm your host, Lestrandra Alfred. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Balanced Black Girl Podcast. My name is Lestrandra, your host, and I am so happy that you tuned into today's episode. Before we dive into our interview with today's wonderful guest, I had a few Balanced Black Girl community announcements for you. So first and foremost, our next Balanced Black Girl book club meeting is coming up. So our current Balanced Black Girl book club pick is Eloquent Rage by Brittany Cooper. And our meetup to discuss the book will be here in the Seattle area on May 18th. We'll be having a really fun evening of community, of connection, talking about this book, talking about our experiences. I do keep registration for these events limited because I like them to be a bit more intimate and RSVPs are coming up quick. So we will have the link to RSVP in the show notes if you'd like to attend. I definitely recommend you RSVPing ASAP. Yes, that was two acronyms in a row, Uh, but definitely get that registration in ASAP because we keep these groups small and I would hate for you to miss out if you really want to be a part of the book club. Next, I'm going to get into the review of the week. It says, I'm a huge fan of the show. The topics are so relatable and needed. The show gives me inspiration, community, and support. I have a support group full of amazing women of color via the guests that Les brings onto the show and the community that listens. I've also attended some amazing events and fitness classes because of the info Les provides. Because of this, I am able to meet great women of color, advocates, and champions in my community. These spaces are so welcoming and safe. Also, follow all the people she interviews on social media. They are all doing amazing things in this world, and you will continue to be inspired. Thank you so much for this incredible, incredible review because the review from that listener just really embodies everything that Balanced Black Girl is all about. So I am so happy to hear that that listener has found safe spaces in her community to practice wellness in, that she has found advocates and champions in her community, and that she loves following our guests, which agreed. We have some incredible guests on the show. We have more incredible guests coming on the show and each and every woman that I've had the opportunity to have a conversation with has completely blown me away. So I am so glad that you appreciate how amazing our guests are too. So if you have not yet left us a review on Apple iTunes, please do so. It is the number one way that you can support the show. It really, really helps us grow our community. It really helps us get the word out about Balanced Black Girl Podcast. And the more people we have in this community, the better. The more people we have to be in our safe spaces and to spread this message and to be a part of this community. So if you have not yet left a review, I would really, really appreciate it. Today's guest is the wonderful Alicia Tete. Alicia is a mental health therapist practicing in Charlotte who sincerely believes in the power of change. She completed her education at Virginia Commonwealth and Howard University. 
Alicia is a new mom of twins and loves learning how to best nurture them. She owns Building Endurance, where her focus is decreasing the stigma around mental health, and she recently created a mental health mobile app called Attune. Alicia also teaches social work at the collegiate level and co-hosts a podcast with a friend and colleague called Two Elephants in the Room, which we will have linked in the show notes so that you can check it out. She loves laughing, silence, books, and anything outdoors. I loved talking to Alicia because literally everything that I just shared with you about her, we dive into and more. And she is just a breath of fresh air. After talking to her, I immediately felt calmer and just more relaxed and more centered. And a lot of you have requested more conversations around mental health because it is something that is just so important to talk about. There are so many different perspectives around mental health. There are so many different types of therapists and types of mental health treatment that are out there. And so we will definitely keep incorporating mental health conversations into this show and getting different perspectives from all different types of therapists and all different black women in the mental health community. And I know that you are going to love this conversation with Alicia as much as I did. So without further ado, let's jump into the show. So Alicia, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here. Me too. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So there are so many things that I can't wait to dive into with you today. But before we get into the questions, can you tell us a bit more about who you are, where you're from, and what you do? Absolutely. So for starters, I'm a human. Um, <laughs> that's my that's my number one hat, right? Yes. I uh, classify myself as a change agent. I provide um, therapy um, on an outpatient basis to adults and children, mental health therapy. Um, I also co-host a mental health podcast and teach um, at two of the universities in North Carolina. So I have a couple different hats, all centered around um, mental health, which is my passion. I am um, from originally from Tennessee, but I'm a military brat, so I've mu- moved a few places. And um, like I mentioned now, I'm, I'm located in Charlotte, North Carolina. Love it. So you wear a lot of different hats. I do. <laughs> which is wonderful. But I love that you lead with human first. That's Absolutely. I think sometimes we forget, like we, you know, we get, we have that superhero thing going on, but yeah. that's, I say that first, which means I make mistakes, Mm -hmm. um, which means I'm multifaceted. I'm not just this one thing. Um, And it also means we're complex, right? There's a lot that goes into being a human and like functioning on a a day-to-day basis. Absolutely. So what ignited your passion for mental health? Um, I think definitely my family played a huge role. There is mental health in my family. And um, honestly, just my professors in school, um, I started out as a nursing major, not knowing anything about social work. Um, And I was working at a hospital and I would follow this social worker around um, and got to know her and like learn her job. And I was like, oh, that's something that I want to do. I want to help people um, on a holistic level. And then, like I mentioned, with there already being some mental health going on in my family, Mm -hmm. I wanted to learn more to be able to help them as well. Mm. Yeah. So it's personally and kind of professionally, it sounds like that interest was sparked. Yeah. 
And for you and your specialties, you are a strengths-based therapist. And mm-hmm. I'm actually, I'm not familiar with what that means. And so I would love if you could tell me a bit more about what being a strengths-based therapist means and what that looks like. Absolutely. So coming from a strengths-based perspective means when clients are working with me, I always help them identify what are some things that you're good at because it's often our strengths that make us resilient. Mm -hmm. And we've usually resolved issues in the past based on our strengths and not even realizing it. Um, So I'm always working from this place of let's pull from what you're already good at and see how we can apply it to this new problem. I love that. And I think that that's so helpful for people because from an early age, we can get stuck with these labels and they're often not good. (laughs) Yep. And breaking those down, I think is really, really helpful. Very, very helpful. Yeah, absolutely. So I personally started going back to therapy recently and it's something that I've talked about a bit on the podcast and I've Mm -hmm. started getting questions about kind of that experience and deciding to go back and some of which I've addressed from a client perspective but I would love to get Mm -hmm. your take from a professional perspective and kind of share with you some of the questions that my audience has asked me. Sure. Yeah so the first is someone asked, how do I know if I need to go to therapy or not? Like, what is that deciding factor that someone should think about if they're considering going to therapy? So I always encourage people to think about um, when you're not feeling like yourself. Mm. And for some people, they're like, I don't know what that means. So I I like to give very concrete examples. Um, If you're unable to go to work for days at a time, right? And you're a worker, you like work, Um, but you find yourself not being able to get out of bed to go to work every day, that can be a sign. Um, If you, if there's been changes in your baseline behavior, so you're not eating, you're not sleeping, you don't enjoy the things that you used to enjoy, your your energy level is down, that's a huge sign. Mm -hmm. Um, If you feel like harming yourself or you're thinking about hurting yourself, that's a huge sign. Um, Some of the smaller signs could be like you're crying without, anything triggering you to cry so nothing nothing happened there was no antecedent but you just find yourself crying um that's a sign i i think there's nothing wrong with because i have my own therapist and i'll talk more about that yeah there's nothing wrong with like routine Mm check-ins um for all of us but i think whenever there's any type of adjustment in our life um, that may cause for us to to want to go and speak to someone. So even like the loss of a job or the loss of a relationship or a new move, like let's say you move to a new a new state, you know, that can be um, a reason to go and speak with someone. I think we, I, I want to move away from like the labels of like crazy and all these other things mm-hmm. um, and just really understanding that we all go through adjustments in life. Like we all go through changes. That's really the only constant. Yeah. And so when you go through a change that um, impacts your day to day functioning, that can be a reason to go and speak with someone. Yeah. I think that that's all really, really great advice for sure. And Another question along that same lines that I get often is, what traits do I look for in a therapist and how do I know if my therapist is a good fit? Great. So I always encourage people to ask the therapist, do they do a consult Mm -hmm. first? 
Um, and some therapists will say, yes, I'll do them over the phone. Um, a few may say I'll do it in person, but I always encourage a consult so you can get more information about them ahead of time. Um, also, you know, Google is our friend, so you can look your therapist up to see if there's anything that they've spoken at, you want to check their credentials, like that's a, another good option. But once you get in the office with them, I always encourage the people to people to think about, does this person make you feel comfortable and safe, yeah. right? That's a huge thing. You, in order to open up and be vulnerable with a stranger, they have to, there needs to be some sense of comfort. So if you go into their office and you feel like on edge or uneasy, that may not be the right person for you. Um, you want to make sure the therapist matches the style that you're looking for, because we all have different styles. And so that's a question as well. Mm -hmm. Like what is their style? Um, what is their experience? You know, if you're impacted by depression, how have they worked with people impacted by depression before? You don't want to go to somebody and they're not skilled in whatever the area that your need is. So asking them about their competency is also a huge thing. Um, some people like to go to therapists with specific credentials. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you may ask them, what are your credentials? Are you a licensed clinical social worker? Are you a licensed marriage and family therapist or a licensed professional counselor? Or are you a, um, if you're going to a psychiatrist, are you a nurse practitioner or a medical doctor? So that's all, that's also a question that you can ask prior to or during that first appointment. Mm. What I love about that advice is that it really empowers the client to be in the driver's seat asking the questions. Absolutely. And I think that's that's when that's when you're going to really get the most out of your experience because yep. you know the client is the reason why that relationship is happening and really being proactive at the beginning I think starts the relationship off well. Absolutely. And just like for us, we, we're not going to go to a gynecologist that we're uncomfortable with. Mm -hmm. I personally, I'm not going to a dentist that smokes like a therapist is the same way. Yep. You need to choose. You get to choose. And the therapist shouldn't take it personally if after the first session you say, you know, I just don't think this is going to be a good fit. Mm -hmm. A good therapist will ask why or they may say, is there something I can do that I can do differently in the future? You know, but we shouldn't take it personally if a client says, you know, it's not a good fit. They're going to try somebody else. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that actually segues perfectly into Attune, which is your app that you've created. I would love for you to tell our audience a bit more about that because it really helps facilitate that process. So can you tell us a bit more about the app, what inspired you to create it and how Absolutely. we use it? So last year, I think probably in November, I was sitting around with one of my interns and and I was telling her how often people reach out to me from different areas saying, can I find them a therapist? Mm. Because they know that I'm a therapist. And I'm like, sure, you know, I'll look it up for you. I'll email you some options. Um, and then I started thinking, like, what if there was an easier way that people could access, you know, what they're looking for? Um without going online and I was like well why don't I just try to create an app because there's an app for everything mm -hmm. and people are always on their phones and so that's where the idea originally came from so um, right now you can download the app if you are an Apple or Android user um, just go to the app store and type get a tune and when you go into the app ideally you'll put in your zip code and be able to find a therapist in your area we just when you find the therapist, you can message them, go to their website, or you can call them right within the app. We launched February 1, and my goal, my six-month goal, is to have a representation of therapists in every single state. Love it. Um, so right now, we have representation in about three states, um, New Jersey, 
North Carolina and Maryland. Um, and so right now my goal is to just get more therapists on the app. I've been getting a lot of users, which is awesome. And they send me messages all the time. So keep them coming. Mm -hmm. Um, but really I need, I need the therapist to be there, you know? Yeah. So that's where, that's where we are with things now. Love it. So any therapist, if you're listening to balanced black girl podcast, (laughs) let me know. And I will put you in touch with Alicia so that we can get you on the app because I think that that's a really incredible idea. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So I would love to circle back a little bit because we touched on this earlier um, about your experiences with therapy. And I would love for you Mm -hmm. to tell us a little bit more about that. Some people may think, well, if you're a therapist, why do you need therapy? And what does that look like? Absolutely. So I remind people all the time that even though I'm a therapist, I initially introduced myself as a human because I'm not immune um, to human experiences. So that means I experience heartbreak. I experience sadness. I have the gamut of feelings just like everyone else. Um, How I handle things is a little differently, sure, but I have utilized therapy in the past and currently have my own therapist um, just to help me manage. So I'm newly married. Um, I went to premarital counseling with my therapist. I have anxiety. So in the past, I've gone um, to help manage my own anxiety. So you know, I'll, I talk to people about that because I want to normalize the idea that even though it's what I do for a living, I still need somebody to support me as well. Mm -hmm. I love that. Always going back to that human experience for sure. Right. Yeah. And if someone is seeing a therapist that maybe they feel isn't a good fit, how long do you Mm -hmm. recommend they kind of stay with that therapist and try to either work through that or see it through before maybe looking to go to someone else? So that's a good question. Um, That's really going to vary by the person. Mm -hmm. So I have a friend, she was seeing her therapist and they had built good rapport and things were fine. Um, And then an event happened and she didn't go back after that session. Mm. And I think she was seeing her for about three or four months. Um, But I've had other people where I have a client now where she sees me for individual and she was seeing another therapist for couples and the guy just became really nasty with them. Mm. I think maybe on their second session. And so she just stopped then. So I think it's going to, it's going to vary on the situation. Um, If you start to feel again, disrespected, or unsafe or or unheard like that may not be the right space for you Mm -hmm. like you should feel safe in that space and um not feel taken advantage of or anything like that so um just be on the lookout again for just how that therapist makes you feel um but the other side to it too is therapy is not a place for people to tell you what you want to hear and so i've also ran into people who well they told me this and i wasn't trying to hear it and i left um if you only wanted your own opinion, then you don't need to go to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I think too, we can't run away. We should not shy away from someone offering us something from a different perspective, because that's the whole point of therapy. Not so much to tell you what you should do in your life, but to say, this is, this is this perspective on this, or um, they should be trying to help you increase insight so you can make whatever decision you need to make in your life that's going on at the moment. Mm. That is such a good point and something that I think a lot of people, myself included, could benefit from <laughs> from hearing that truth bomb for sure. <laughs> Me too. Yep, yep. It's hard because sometimes, you know, that growth or, or that change doesn't always come from being comfortable or having comfortable conversations. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So something else I would love to talk to you about are barriers to entry when it comes to seeking out therapy or mental health resources. I think that there are probably Mm -hmm. a lot of people out there who would love to seek that out, but there are some barriers to entry. And what do you think kind of some of the most common barriers to entry are for people seeking out mental health resources? And how can Mm -hmm. we overcome those barriers? That's a good question. A huge um, issue is um, just lack of knowing where the resources are in your area. Um, For those of you that are listening that work, I always encourage people to contact their HR department and ask them about EAP sessions. Mm -hmm. And EAP stands for Employee Assistance Program. Um, The majority of corporate jobs and even some nonprofit jobs will have a component of where you can get help in different areas, whether that's legal, some may have childcare, gym membership, and then some have EAP sessions. So I suggest calling and just saying, hey, you know, do we have an EAP program? Is there a way that I can go and see a therapist about this issue? Because the company will cover the five or eight sessions. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing to consider. Open Path Collective is another mm-hmm. option that I, t- incur- I tell people about because with Open Path, they have a list of providers that see people for a lower rate. So between 20 and 50 bucks, I think um, you can see a therapist. You can use flex spending and health savings when, when people say, I can't afford it, it's just too much. Um, and then one of the things that I was talking, I was on a panel a few weeks ago. The other thing, too, is we have to understand taking care of ourselves is an investment. So just like some of us go get our nails done and our hair done and facials and all these other beauty things, Mm -hmm. I want us to think about I need to budget to take care of my insides, too. I need to budget to take care of my brains. So does that mean instead of lattes every day this week, I'm going to set aside the five dollars and go see a therapist just once a month or once every other week, whatever it is. And so I'm also having these conversations around where you put your time and your money is what matters to you. Yeah. Um, So if you want to go to Paris, you save up, you get a passport, you get a flight, you go to Paris. Right. So I want us to treat our mental health in the same way. Um, Again, even if it's just for a check in, I'm going to save up this amount of money this month and go and just check in with my therapist. Mm hmm. I love that. I love that. Kind of doing the best you can with the resources you have, but also prioritizing and absolutely making it work where necessary. So something else I would love to ask you, and this is probably going to be a little bit more personal, um, Mm. is that I, you know, got some great information about you as I was preparing for this show. And one of the things that you told me was that you love anything outdoors. And Mm -hmm. I would love to hear if if you have kind of found or felt any connection between mental health and time outdoors and what that looks like for you. Oh yeah. So, um, there's a science behind, so our body produces vitamin D, vitamin D we naturally get from the sun. You can also take a vitamin D supplement. So vitamin D, um, is what makes us happy as a part of what makes us happy. So when people are impacted by depression, um, they may take a vitamin D supplement, for example, or I may encourage them to get outside more. Mm -hmm. So there is a huge um, correlation between us being outside in the sun and then our mood lifting. Um, It's what some people refer to as seasonal affective disorder, even though that's not 
that's not a, the, the real name for it, but it's just what we generally know it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is why a lot of people in the winter and people who live where there's not a lot of sun, it's why their mood changes when the sun is not out and when it's cold because of the vitamin D. Yeah. Um, so even during my sessions with clients, if it's nice out, we're going to have session outside. Mm-hmm. We're going to go for a walk or we're going to have a little table set up or we're going to sit outside and we're going to get some sun. Um, because it's just an automatic mood booster. Um, I also use outdoors activities uh, just to cope. So hiking and biking and running and even just going for a walk, being outside in the fresh air um, is a huge coping skill for me. And for people who, I know there's some people who have like sinuses and allergies, so they're not outside fans. But for those of us who, who don't have the allergies, I'm always encouraging people to get outside. Absolutely. And I think that that's something that can be super accessible to a lot of people of, you know, maybe if you don't Mm -hmm. have all the resources to do a weekly therapy session, but you're able to for 10 minutes a day, get up and get outside to clear your head and get grounded with the earth that can still go a long way. Especially people who have a desk job. Mm -hmm. So I am a huge proponent of not working through lunch. I don't believe in working through lunch. And working through my break because I just got to get this done. Like, it's going to be there when you get back. Yeah. Um, you, you can really see a change in your day if you have a desk job, if you take those designated breaks and go outside. Mm-hmm. There's a law around smokers having this smoke break. And I tell people, even if you don't smoke, you are entitled to a smoke break. And so you, too, can go outside and get some fresh air. Mm. Um, and like you mentioned, it's a form of grounding because your body you're changing temperatures. So you're forcing your body to kind of get out of your own head. So especially for people who may struggle with like pervasive thoughts or um, intrusive thoughts, Mm -hmm. uh, a quick and easy grounding exercise is to take yourself outside. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I think that's also very interesting. I didn't know that there was a law around allowing smokers, you know, time to smoke yeah. break. I think it'd be cool. Yeah, you can to... you can only work so many hours before they have to give you a break. Interesting. Yeah. I think it would be really cool if we allowed like wellness breaks. You can only exactly. <laughs> you can only exactly. allow so many hours before somebody gets 10 to 15 minutes to like take care of themselves. Mhm. Especially if you have those type of jobs that are just, you know, mentally challenging. Yep. Exactly. And another topic that I would love to talk to you about um, is through your business, Building Endurance, your focus is really around decreasing the stigma around mental health, which is something that is super important. And I think even for those of us who do not work in the mental health space, still needs to be at the top of our minds, even in terms of how we talk to each other, the language we use, how we treat people who may be, you know, having mental health considerations. So what are some things that we can all do to kind of fight that stigma around mental health? And where do you think we kind of have left to go from here? So that's a good question. You just mentioned one of the answers and one is monitoring our language. Mm -hmm. So, um, I am a lover of words. Um, I write poetry. I got 1,500,000 journals. <laughs> I love words. There, there are so many words in our language. Um, so taking some words out of our language, like crazy, like, you know, they're, I don't go to that. Cra- Why are you going to talk to the crazy woman? Like, I ain't crazy. You know, taking that word out, that really, that really triggers some people, yeah. especially if they've had like trauma as a child. 
Um, so taking that word out of our language, um, not calling yourself your diagnosis. So I don't, I don't call people impacted by schizophrenia. I don't call them, oh, I got this. I was just working with that schizophrenic girl. Mm. Like that's very um, derogatory and it makes people feel like they are their diagnosis when you're not. You're just impacted by schizophrenia or impacted by depression. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm really careful with my words, just with everyone. Even um, I do a lot of couples therapy and I tell my couples all the time, like how you talk to your partner makes a really lasting impact. Um, So I don't believe in like hitting below the belt. Like we all argue, but there's a safe and a fair way to argue. So you shouldn't be saying things that you know is going to push your partner because you're hurt. You want to push them and hurt them more, you know? Yeah. So um, I don't know if we can curse on this podcast, but like not calling them the B word. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or if you know that they're really sensitive about a relationship with their dad, like not calling them a bastard. You know what I mean? So just being very um careful with your words i'm not going to say anything to anybody that i don't want said to me Mm -hmm. um and i'm pretty tough like i can take (laughs) a lot of things but i'm still just very mindful when i'm speaking to people that everybody's not the same yeah and and you just never know when you're talking to someone you don't know what they've already been going through and that leads me to my next point like you don't know what a person is going through so when you interact with someone who seems like they're having a bad day just kind of going easy on them you know what i mean like you have no idea what they have going on at home and we're walking around with a lot of people who are carrying a lot of burdens you know Mm -hmm. so smiling at strangers when you see when you see them saying hello to people um asking people how they're doing and then sticking around to listen um I am also against the I'm fine culture, mm, <laughs> which is when yeah. someone asks you how you're doing, you just say, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. And you're not fine. Um, so, you know, there are other things to say, like, you know, I'm not having the best day, but it's going to get better. Or, you know, I'm really struggling today. Can you give me a minute? Or, um, you know, I'm feeling agitated or I'm feeling down. Mm-hmm. Like there, there are just other things to say outside of I'm fine. And then being able after that to, to, to ask for help if you need it. Could you listen? Do you have a second to talk? Or do you know somebody I can talk to? Or can you give me a second, you know, while I kind of regroup? So us really being more compassionate with each other because mm-hmm. we're very, um, we're on the go. We're very quick and we don't want to hear things out and we don't have time. But we never know how five minutes could change someone's life. Yeah. Oh, man, there's so much in there that is such good advice. Everything from not not tying someone's identity to maybe something that they may be going through, I think is such a big one. Our language. I'm fine. I mean, I know I am very guilty of the I'm fine. I think we all are. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Because we take not being fine as a bad thing, which then continues the stigma. Oh, so much good advice there. Thank you for that. So, Alicia, you are a woman who wears a lot of hats, as we mentioned earlier. You do a lot of different things. How do you also take time for self-care, and what does self-care look like for you? Number one, I am a, I was just telling my friend, I think I'm a foodie. Mm. Um, I love to eat, and I love to eat good food. Um, So one way, you know, our body needs fuel. So I do my best to not deprive myself of food. 
Um, I'm also a new mom and I'm nursing, mm-hmm. so I'm constantly hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to get my three meals and my three snacks and my dessert. <laughs> so <laughs> that is one way I definitely take care of myself. Um, I love juice and I love soda, but I try to make sure I get as much water as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very intentional about my water bottle and, and get my water in. Um, I mentioned earlier, I do journal. I keep a ton of journals. So, and it's not just like, dear diary, today was a great day. <laughs> but, um, you know, writing down quotes that I may find, writing down song lyrics, making up my own songs. So you can write in journal about whatever you want. Um, so that's another one. I like silence. Mm, so yeah. I drive in silence. Um, I do a lot of things in silence, actually. As much quiet time as I can get, I take it because my day is filled with so much noise. So um, when I'm getting dressed in the morning, I'm probably getting dressed in silence. I try to eat in silence. So I'm just very mindful and intentional about my quiet time. Um, Getting outdoors, that's kind of changed. But now that the weather is warming up, I'll be back to hiking, back to biking, taking the twins out. Um, So yeah, those are some of the things that that I do. I'm a huge reader. And then mostly all of my my good friends are therapists, so definitely um, talking to them and then utilizing my own therapist. Yeah, I love all of that. And I would love to circle back just for a moment on the silence aspect. Oh, yeah. Because I think that that is incredible. And I would be willing to bet that a lot of people probably don't get nearly as much silence as as we could benefit from because we have just so much noise and so much distraction so what are some of the benefits of having more quiet time and incorporating more silence into our day so I'll start with it is a challenge for people to start having quiet time if they're not accustomed yeah um but it is great for people who are impacted by anxiety such as myself Mm -hmm. so because I'm constantly constantly thinking and problem solving like even when I'm not working I'm coming up with ideas and I'm thinking about this and dissecting that um I kind of have to force myself to turn my brain off and decompress or turn my brain off and relax um and just like bring my body down So there's a benefit to, if you're impacted by anxiety, slowing yourself down um, and allowing those thoughts to either settle or process or get them out in some type of way, which is why I keep mentioning the writing aspect. Yeah. Um, Because for some people who cannot fall asleep, it's usually because they can't turn their brain off. Mm. So before bed, like not scrolling on social media before bed would be helpful. Making sure you have a nighttime routine. So whether that's to wash your face before bed, say your prayers, do a little yoga, say some mantras, whatever that is, you you need that time to kind of bring your body down, especially if you have a job where it's high stress. So like nurses um, would be a good example, like people working in EMT, um, even people working 12, 14 hour days in law and in finance, like your brain is constantly going. So you need that time to come down. Um, I mentioned like mindful driving. When I'm driving home and between places, I drive in silence. If you notice, for those of you listening, if you and I'm a lover of trap music, but if you are like (laughs) hype listening to your music in the car and somebody cuts you off, you probably yelling, cursing, telling this person off in your car. But it's because the music has like 
extra hyped you up, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so I noticed <laughs> that when I'm not like on my Jeezy and Jay-Z tip when I'm driving and somebody <laughs> cuts me off, I just can kind of, it can kind of roll off my back, you know? Yeah. Um, so just being mindful and it seems so small and trivial, but it is, it's huge for a person who is easily, especially if you're easily agitated. Yeah. Like I don't suggest you driving, you already mad and you, and then Jeezy hyping you up even more, you know? Mm-hmm. So, no, I love that you said that, though, because even though it seems small, like the small things throughout the day, the things we tell ourselves, the things we listen to, what we're stimulated by, like all of that still impacts how we feel. And those small things add up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I never really thought of it that way, but I I know I need to work on that. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So, Alicia, what does being a balanced black girl mean to you? So being a balanced black girl means you you wear many hats, but you but you wear the hats well. Mm. Um, You know, when you've taken on too much, um, you're able to say no to some things, um, but you're also able to be multifaceted. You don't have to be just one thing like you can be a yogi and a teacher and a blogger like you can be whomever you want to be um but a huge part of it is making sure you're taking care of yourself so you can be all those things and 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 be it well you know when i was in college something that i a very difficult lesson i had to learn was that i was taking on so much that i was failing in some areas Mm -hmm. and i had to learn how to not tell other people no but to tell myself no because I'll hear about a great project. I'm like, oh, that's going to be good. Like, I can do that. Knowing good and well, I can't do that. Yeah. Um, one thing I'm working on right now is, like, transition time. And so I'm an early riser. And I am known for, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get up early. And before I have to be somewhere at 930, I'm going to wash the dishes, change the laundry, take the dog out, journal, and eat breakfast. It's just not possible. You need transition time. You need time to drive to wherever you're going to. Like, you need time (laughs) to get set up. (laughs) So something that I'm working on is, like, not trying to cram so many things into my day. And it just makes for a more balanced day. Um, I was doing, like, just some self-evaluation this week. And I was like, man, I saw, you know, six clients today, but I still feel good. But I know it's because I saw six clients with breaks in between Mm -hmm. or I saw six clients and I ate or I saw six clients and I got a nap in. Um, So there's a huge difference. And I want us to think about how do we be as efficient as we can be. And a part of that means you have to take care of yourself in a way that's that's key so you can be efficient. Mm, Yes, I love that you said that because I mean, while yes, we wear a lot of hats, also remembering to give ourselves that grace for everything in between is so, so important. Yep. Yeah. So Alicia, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Please tell us where we can find you. What's next for you? Where's your podcast? How can we get the app? Like, how can we keep in touch with you? Absolutely. I appreciate you having me. This has been really, really good. Um, so all the uh, social media things, the app name is the same, Get Attuned, G-E-T-A-T-T-U-N-E. And we have um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Yeah. And then the website is getattuned.com. So if you're interested in the app, especially if you're a therapist, please, please, please 
check it out. Reach out to me. Um, if you are interested, I have a podcast called Two Elephants in the Room. Um, I'm a member of Delta Sigma Theta, and my co-host is also a Delta. We're two therapists, so we came up with that podcast, and we talk about just mental health um, in the African-American community and how we can normalize it. So, you know, we provide a little education, but also a little entertainment. So you can find us on Facebook um, and Instagram at Two Elephants in the Room. Room. If you're looking for a clinician um, in North Carolina, or even if you want to do telehealth, um, the name of our practice is Building Endurance. So you can find that at Building Endurance PLLC, and that's on Instagram and Facebook. And then the website is buildingendurance.com. So you can check me out any of those places. I mean, you can also Google me. I think it's hilarious <laughs> because I get a, I get a, um, like a thing like so many people have searched you mm, so yeah. many people have looked you up on LinkedIn so sometimes I'm like you don't even have to really tell people because they're gonna like look you up <laughs> they will people <laughs> seek it out for sure and we will yeah, also have yeah. all of your information linked in the show notes too to also make it even easier for people yes so thank you thank you so much for coming on the show today I loved talking to you Thank you. Me too. And, um, you know, if you ever need anything regarding mental health, just hit me up. Absolutely.